Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lipschutz, and I am an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Billboard.com. Based in New York, on the other line in Los Angeles, is the Mel C to my Mel B. It's Keith Caulfield. How's it going, Keith? I'm good. How are you? Good, man. I'm good. I'm in. We're in the midst of girl group week over at Billboard.com. That is uh, that is why I make the Spice Girls reference. I've been doing a lot of stuff about girl groups. Uh, this, uh, do you do you have a favorite? Uh, well, your your favorite girl group is Girls Aloud, right? Well, it's hard to play favorites, but because I'm not good with ranking things. Oh, the irony. Um, but I really like Girls Aloud. Yes, okay. I think you could probably say they're my favorite. That's yes. fair. Yes. Yeah, unfortunately, Girls Aloud. Gr- Girls Aloud is kind of unknown in America. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe someday, maybe they'll have a, a little revival. You never know. Do you have a Do you have a favorite girl group, Jason? Since this is Girl Group Week on Billboard.com, it is Girl Group Week, and I and I should say, um, go to Billboard.com this week for all of your girl group lists, quizzes, interviews, features, retrospectives, and much more. We should have a landing page for that. There should be like you know there Billboard.com is. slash girl groups or something. Yeah, it's I think it's Billboard.com slash Girl Group Week. Oh, uh, so well, check that out. We'll we'll link to it in the podcast post, but um, you'll also find out, Keith, whether you're a harmonizer or a mixer. If you uh, is there a quiz that I can take to determine that? Is oh there is. Can you can can you pronounce Camila? (laughs) I pronounced it probably wrong. Mm. She's a member of the Harmony. Oh my goodness! Uh, To answer your question, my my favorite girl group personally, uh, probably the Pipettes. um, A very small. British girl group who only had one amazing album back in 2006. But, are they uh, sisters? Are they sisters? No, they are not. No, they are um, Shout out to the Pivettes. Hey, why not? So, Keith, uh, let's move on from Girl Group Week to the Pop Shop Podcast. We, as always, have a packed, packed week, show. It's packed packed freaking show. We're going to be talking about new top 10 hit from Pitbull and Neo, um, new top 20 hit from Selena Gomez and Zed. The number one album of the country is Big Sean. We'll talk about that. Also, Kid Rock, Kelly Clarkson's new album. And later in the show, uh, very excited that we have Carly Rae Jepsen stopping by the Pop Shop podcast. The Call Me Maybe singer, of course, uh, came out with a new single this week. It's called I Really Like You. And I I really really, like her. I really like her. I really like it, as in the new single. She stopped by um, on, uh, on, I guess, Tuesday. Yeah, it was Tuesday to talk about... Everything going on with the song, uh, the music video, and what we can expect from her next album, which is coming out later this year. Keith, are you ready to start, man? Yeah. Oh, you know what? Before we before we start, a couple housekeeping notes. As always. Fine. Sorry, I know. We, I, I got you. I'm all not ready up. to start. Clearly. Because you have housekeeping <laughs> things to talk about. Hey, I just want to let people know, if they like the show, subscribe to us on iTunes. That way you will never miss an episode of the Pop Shop Podcast and Give us a rating or review. We always appreciate the feedback on iTunes. And if you want uh, to have any questions answered, hit us up on Twitter. I am at Jason Lipschutz. He is at Keith underscore Caulfield. Now, are you ready to go? Yes. Let's do it, man. All right. So Hot 100, Uptown Funk, Bruno Mars, Mark Ronson, number one for its ninth week. Pretty impressive. That is uh, going back to Call Me Maybe. That is how many weeks Call Me Maybe was number one now. Uptown Funk has reached that same kind of run. It's it's pretty unbelievable. A little bit lower down the list. Pitbull and Neo have teamed up for another top 10 hit, man. Hmm. 
time of our lives is moving up. Uh, it moved up two spots to number nine this week after uh, peaking at number 11 last week. And this is their second top 10 hit together, of course, after Give Me Everything, which also featured Afrojack and Nayer. Keith, um, what do you, what's there what do you, to say about this? What's there to say, man? What's there to say about Time of Our Lives? Are, are Pitbull and Neo actually having the time of their lives right now? Considering this is basically a retread of Give Me Everything. Um, kind of is. Yeah. They kind of is. They kind of are. Is it, um, is it okay that I kind of like this song a lot? Sure. <laughs> I guess. I mean, you're asking me for permission to like a Pitbull song? I mean, you're allowed to. I mean, yeah. Pitbull has a pretty uh, standard formula when it comes to these kinds of party songs. You know, yeah. um, you know, make sure you maximize the life that you are living. Um, enjoy yourself while you can. Um, have a good time. Uh, party. Uh, try to get in the club even if you can't pay your rent. Um, and do it with Neo. Well, the big, uh, the, the big one on this one is there. there's also like a verse where he's like, if you're having a hard time, that's okay. I've been there too. But it's time to party. Like, that, like that's like the, an entire verse. It's, it's great. Yeah, this, the song actually sounds like something else. It sounds like another song. Um, and I'm quickly Googling it because I actually, I, I, we were talking about this um, in a department meeting a while back. And to me, it sounds like it's a sample of Daft Punk, um, oh. but it's not. Um, do you even do, 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 do? you hear that too? No, I didn't hear that. Well, actually, it's it's, it's, it's sorry, I, Stardust. Um, the the remember the Stardust song, "Music Sounds Better with You." Yes. Oh wow. Dun, 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 okay, so the Pitbull song kind of sounds like it has an element of that, but it's not. There's no sample. But it's one of those things where it's clearly kind of referencing the Stardust track. And it turns out the Stardust track actually is a sample. Like, Music Sounds Better With You is a sample of uh, Shaka Khan's Fate. Um, Google it. Um, so it's one of those things where it's not a sample, but if, if, if you think it sounds familiar, it's because they probably wanted you to think it sounds familiar. Um, it's not quite exactly blurred lines versus got to give it up, of course. Um, but in my head, it's one of those things where, you know, it sounds like they wanted you to kind of hear a similarity. Do you yeah. hear it now in your head after I've said those things? A little bit. Yeah. No, I, I'm getting it now and I'm not listening to the song, but I, I kind of, I kind of hear it. I kind of hear it. In maybe, my, maybe in on the mind. podcast, we can cue up the music where we play a little bit of time of our lives. And then we, uh, put, put a little bit of music sounds better with you right after it. So people can hear the two elements. Ooh, we could do that. Yeah, we can. We have the power yeah. of audio on our side. <laughs> the, the tools of editing. So, so Keith, um, I mean, not only, uh, obviously this is a, another good look for Pitbull, another top 10 hit in a career full of them, but I think this is a better look for Neo who's been searching for a hit recently and you know he just he just um like six weeks ago just put out an album non-fiction uh didn't really have a crossover hit on Th- that this one. song is on that album yeah 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 been, yeah but it, i mean it's build it's it's build pitbull featuring neo right no pitbull oh it's and pitbull neo. and neo oh okay it's a true so it's, a true, it's a true duet yeah Okay, yeah, I'm looking at the track list now. It is number five on nonfiction. Yeah, so I, I mean, this is this is a good and even better look for Neo then. Indeed, I mean, Neo, he he had a top ten with "Let Me Love You Until You Learn to Love Yourself," yeah. written by Sia back in 2012, early 2013. 
But I think it's fair to say that Neo has been kind of, you know, as you say, searching for a hit since probably about 2009, 2008. Because he had a string of, of, of big hits, big big Hot 100 hits between 06 and 09. Yeah. And so Sick, closer, Sexy Love, Because of You, Hate That I Love You, Busted. I mean, it went on. Closer, Miss Independent, yeah. And then it, he kind of didn't have hits. I mean, he had he had like top <laughs> 40 hits, but they just weren't huge hits. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's he's uh, no dummy. He went back to the Pitbull well last year for Time of Our Lives. And I think this song was premiered on the American Music Awards, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, there you go. Can't go wrong with Neo and Pitbull together. Two Don't, great tastes that uh, taste better together. So top three for them. I'm saying. It's like peanut butter and <laughs> no, chocolate. I like that. Yeah, so I like they're that. Like, they're like the Reese's peanut butter cup of the chart this week. <laughs> I guess. I like that. I, maybe they'll use that on like their their next one sheet, the, the Reese's peanut butter cup of the charts. A uh, little bit lower on the Hot 100. I want you to know debuts at number 17. The new collaboration from New Lovebirds, Selena Gomez and Zed. Number 17 for I want you to know. Um, what are you seeing so far with this song, Keith? Do you think that this is, you know, is it uh, is it getting any kind of radio yet or just way too early for that? Um, hold on, let me look. Um, <laughs> hold on, I've got the power of the interweb in front of me. Um, well, right now it's overwhelmingly uh, digital sales that okay. are causing the song to chart. Um, it, like three quarters of its points this week all came from digital sales. Um, it radio is is truly just sort of getting started out. Um, if 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 it's anything to compare, it has about half as much airplay as Fallout Boy Centuries, which is two steps ahead of it on the Hot 100. Um, but yeah, it's, that's that's just the nature of these songs, especially songs from artists that are very um, social and uh, Twitterific. The first week is going to be a lot of initial digital sales. The song will naturally subside in the next week or two until the proper promotion of it catches up. Um, but you know, considering that it sounds like a hit, it sounds the way you expect a Zed and Selena Gomez song to sound. You know, this could actually have a significant life ahead of it. Yeah, I think that. I mean, I, I would say that this song has been really polarizing. Uh, just on, in terms of what I've read, I've I've seen people who love this song. I've seen people hate this song and I, I, I enjoy it. I don't think it's, it's, it's not one of my favorites, but it's definitely enjoyable. I, I think that Selena has kind of figured out that the up-tempo dance stuff is the style of music that she's most successful in after stuff like slow down and come and get it. Uh, Though I think, the heart wants what it wants was not a up-tempo song. Yeah, I guess that's, I guess that is true. I guess that is true. Uh, that song did a lot better than, I think anyone, including Selena Gomez, would have expected. I, I was surprised it did as well as it did, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, maybe that's just due to the fact that there's a lot of interest around Selena Gomez. Um, you know, True. A couple of years ago, uh, Stars Dance was her first number one album. Come and Get It was, I think, so far the biggest hit of her career. Um, and, uh, no, I, I believe Heart Wants What It Wants actually tied that peak at number six on the Hot 100. So um, we'll see where this goes. It's it's number seventeen this week, and Keith, let's get to it, man. Uh, so this is a new segment on the Pop Shop Podcast where we talk about a couple songs that are in the lower reaches of the Hot 100 that could soon be moving up into the top forty, the top twenty, maybe even the top ten. This is soon to be hits. 
All right, man. I think we only have two uh, to talk about today. Both very interesting, though. I'm, I'm, uh, I mean, we, we've just before we started taping. Uh, for those listening, before we started taping, we were, we were talking at length about both of these things. This is how fresh this is. This uh, is how you know, fresh. We, it's we, we look at the freshest, hottest data. It, it basically like this data has been cooking in the Pop Shop Podcast oven, and we like we just grabbed it out for literally still, minutes. So if we sound like we don't know what we're talking about, it's scorching I'm just kidding. hot. Keith, uh, let's let's do it, man. What's first? What's first? Is either either you're talking first or I'm talking first. You you talk first. Okay, man. so uh, you, you may have heard of this little show called Empire. Yeah. Um, it's uh, basically a pop culture phenomenon at this point. It's uh, the Fox drama series, which is ostensibly about sort of the hip hop music industry. It stars um, Terrence Howard um, and um, Taraji P Henson. And uh, a, a bunch of other folks, and I think you know it set some sort of Nielsen record where it, it increased Doing in ratings tremendously. Yeah, like every single week. And there's a ton of music in the show, and the the show has actually generated a number of hit singles on um, our Hot R and B Hip Hop uh, songs chart. Uh, I will tell you how many in just a second. But what's interesting this week is that they have their first Hot 100 hit with a song called "You're So Beautiful." Now, if you watch the show. Um, the most recent show, depending on where you're hearing this, this particular song played a very key role in the show. And I can't say what it is because oh. that, that would reveal a big plot point if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. But um, the, the song is performed by, uh, um, I could be pronouncing this wrong, I apologize, because I, I, I actually don't watch the show. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. You got to get on the Empire train, man. Well, have, so have you seen this episode with this of song, course. You're So Beautiful? Okay. Well, yeah, of course. So it's performed by Jesse Smollett and Yaz. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing those names. Uh, Jesse was recently signed to a deal with Columbia Records. I think an album is on the way soon. Um, but Jesse plays this uh, character in the show who sings this song, and midway through the song, there is a big... Yeah, big, we can leave it. We can leave it right there. We can leave it right there. Okay. And so that's cl- clearly that's why this song, not only just because people are reacting to the song itself, but also because the song is a, a sort of a, a pop culture talking point. Um, it 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 got a life of its own, and it debuts this week on the Billboard Hot 100 at number 71 on the Billboard Hot 100. So there you go. There's yeah. your Empire stat of the week. Well, yeah, and 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 this is interesting, Keith, because you know we the two of us have been talking about empire for the past couple of weeks, just ourselves and, and how these songs are doing. They, like you said, they've, they've been kind of bubbling under on the, the R and B and hip hop songs chart. None of them have been huge hits yet, but they've been, you know, they've appeared on a few charts. This song is the first one. And I, I think it's, I, I guess it's, they're up to like their seventh or eighth episode. Now this is the first one to actually crack the hot 100 chart. Right. And that's a huge, that's a huge milestone. And, you know, a number 71 debut is, is pretty impressive for a song based off of a, a TV show in its freshman season. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see how this does. And, and when we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, one of the things we talked about was comparing this to Glee. Now, when Glee started out and, and was a huge phenomenon, those songs all crashed the Hot 100. They did really, really well. They, uh, a lot of even top 10 hits. But the thing about Glee was that they were all cover songs, mostly. Um, yeah, these were there aren't. Any, were there any original songs from Glee? Um, not, I'm, I wasn't a huge Glee guy. The the I think the first time they did a, an original 
where it was like a really big deal was not for a while, like until maybe like the second or third season. Um, so no, they didn't do originals, and that's yeah. different. I think "Loser Like Me" was the first original right, song, right, right, right. Yeah, I remember that in two thousand eleven. So, so that was like two years after. And I think the difference, you know, obviously the difference with "Empire" is that these are all original recordings. These are new songs, so that makes it even harder for for people to, I think, in general, embrace it. And also, it's from, you know, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. Well, I don't know what, what I was well my say. my <laughs> my point was that because. Glee did so well with cover songs. These cover songs did really well in the Hot 100, but then typically fell off a week or two after their debut. I mean, the the, the episodes got kind of old. Not, not many people were still buying yep. covers of "Don't Stop Believing" or "Teenage Dream." From it was Glee. all purely sales driven. It was all just sales driven phenomenons, like one or two week phenomenons. Exactly. Whereas- you know, the Empire songs, because they're originals, they could have a longer life because maybe radio could come around. They they might start working these singles to radio. You know, th- there could be a life outside of just that one-week window. But right now, so far with Empire, it it is, they're kind of like one-week phenomenons and then they disappear. But, you know, with these artists actually being signed to deals and actually pursuing their own careers, that's the difference. Uh, that's another difference between Glee and, and the Empire uh, people, I think, yeah. too. It's it's fascinating to me, man. I mean, there's talk about uh, about a concert series, like you said. These artists are being signed. They're actually like people, not only characters on the show that people are interested in, but singers and musicians that have real talent and and could make something of these characters and and these songs. It, it's going to be interesting. Um, and I feel like the songs are actually getting better each week. Like I remember watching the first few episodes and and hearing the songs and. It's just like they were like, well, you know, like these songs are okay, and now and now they're getting to a point where the songs are actually like pretty believable hits. Like, it, and I I find it really interesting, and and it's it's kind of a developing story to see where these songs, where this show will go. Um. So anyway, uh, going back to soon to be hits, another one to watch. Uh, that that we were just talking about. We want we want to find out more about this song. There's a song called Watch Me. On uh, the lower reaches of the Hot 100, I believe you said it was it was number 98. Number yeah, four. debuts at 98 this week. By the artist Salento. Now, this artist, uh, it, this song is I, on iTunes. Um, it is listed independently, uh, not no major label uh, affiliation, at least on iTunes. But uh, the song is becoming a, a huge viral hit. Yeah. If, if you check it out, it, it made its YouTube debut in late January and is in, in the past six weeks or so is scooped up hundreds of thousands of views and a lot of uh viral dance uh you know tributes and parodies you have people dancing to the song because uh the whole song is based around um doing the whip dance and then the nay nay dance uh, in the in the chorus and a little bit of the stanky leg (laughs) and a little bit of the stanky leg as well so um, yeah so the reason why it debuts uh folks as jason said you know though it is available on digital services it, it hasn't really sold very much. It has no airplay to speak of, really. But all of it is coming from YouTube plays. And it's a lot of people loading up their own YouTube videos, like them performing a dance to this song, or people taking like existing Vines or Instagram videos of people dancing to the song, and then moving them to YouTube. Because that, that's a popular thing, too. People will take a lot of Vines and put them onto YouTube. So it's... It's another one of these dance crazes, but it's sort of a twist on a dance craze where it's like a song with a bunch of dances inside. It's like land of a thousand dances, sort of. Exactly. And, <laughs> really. you know, this this could keep growing. It makes its Hot 100 debut this week uh, in, in the bottom 10, but it, it could keep growing as, you know, as this 
gets more and more coverage and gets more and more dance tributes, uh, we will keep an eye on it. Um, there you go. There you go. That is this week's soon to be hits. All right, man, let's switch over to the Billboard 200 albums chart where there was another pretty sizable debut this week. Uh, Big Sean came in with his first number one album. Yeah. And Keith, you wrote about this this uh, today, actually. I did. Um, today, well, this, yeah, today, Wednesday, as we're recording it, yes. Well, in, in, what's interesting about this to me is that, um, and you noted, this is actually his best sales week as well. Yeah, yeah. So the album debuts at number one on the Billboard 200 with 173,000 overall units. And again, that, that unit figure is is a combined figure of traditional album sales, streaming equivalent albums, and track equivalent albums. And so of that 173,000, there is actually 139,000 in traditional album sales, which is his best sales week by far. His previous biggest week was when uh, Finally Famous, his first studio album, debuted with 87,000 back in 2011. Um and then he followed it up with Hall of Fame in 2013, which started with 72,000. And then both those albums debuted and peaked at number three. So yeah, I mean, th- this album has gotten a lot of great buzz, a lot of positive uh, feedback. Um, certainly a lot of other artists have been endorsing it and uh, co-signing, as they say. Um, so yeah, it's a great week for Big Sean, his first number one album. Yeah, I mean, two things I think that... that- made this such a huge debut like like you said the cosigns it's it's gotten a lot of critical love and and i've heard a lot of people on online and in person just say like well you know i'm not a huge big sean fan but this is actually by far his best album so i i think that a lot of people are acknowledging that he's kind of stepped his game up and i i think that the huge success of i don't f with you we're not going to say the uncensored title but i think you know what it means i don't f with you uh I don't fricassee with you is really what the name of the song is. I don't freak with you. Uh, that was a huge hit uh, and uh, top twenty hit on the Hot 100, a, a huge hit on uh, rap radio. And what I, I guess I, I would I would assume Big Sean's biggest hit to date, right? Uh, well, I mean, while, I look. while you check that out, it it seems like uh, this song has been at least his most durable hit today. It's been inescapable for months on end and uh you know a, a lot has won over a lot of people that didn't necessarily love the stuff on finally famous uh on his sophomore album and uh yeah big sean's in a in a good position right now it's his uh, second highest charting hit as a lead artist um it, it's so far it will peak to number 11 uh, his highest charting hit as a lead was actually dance a dollar oh, sign, yeah, dollar yeah, sign. Yeah. peak to number 10 back in 2012 well, there you go. Um, a little lower on the Billboard 200, actually right below it. Uh, yeah, not, Kid- not that much lower. <laughs> Just one step Kid- front, one step below. Kid Rock debuts at number two, uh, as you noted in your story, his first album on Warner Brothers. Um, anything noteworthy here, Keith? Uh, I'm curious. Uh, you know, he's he's a top ten kind of stalwart. Well, uh, I mean, I, I think it's interesting to note um, how the the Billboard 200. You know, for chart watchers out there, as I talked about earlier, the, the Billboard 200 now compiles its rankings based upon ov- overall popularity and overall units. So we can't just talk about traditional pure album sales anymore. Yeah. Um, what's interesting is that Big Sean has 173,000 units in its first week. Kid Rock has 146. When you look at just the pure album sales on our top album sales chart, 
which is um, ranks just albums based on traditional sales. Big Sean sold 139,000. Kid Rock sold 137,000. So it, it was a lot right closer. There. Yeah, it was a lot closer in the in the just the pure sales race. But when you look at the overall picture, when you look at streams and track sales, and you look at the popularity of an album, Big Sean's was more popular um, by a, a good significant chunk. So, but that's why we have this this other chart called Top Album Sales, where it looks at the top selling albums just by album sales of the week. So I think that's interesting. It's also Kid Rock's eighth top ten album on the Billboard 200. Every studio album he's put out since um, Devil Without a Cause, which of course was his big breakthrough album, um, all of them have made the top ten. You can always count on him to uh, start off well and have a good significant chart life. Um, he's not, you know, a huge like you know power player, you know, in terms of airplay so much anymore. But you know, who is after being uh, around in the business for as long as he has? Yeah, and he he announced a huge tour for 2015. He'll be with a really again. great way that he's pricing it. He always does that. He always does like great pricing with his concert yeah. tours, where he makes it super affordable. And he's just like, why am I going to rip people off if I don't have to? You know? Yeah, yeah. I I um I wrote a cover story uh for the Billboard magazine a couple years ago on Kid Rock, and that's. Always been one of his his sticking points is that he only wants people that can afford to go to a Kid Rock show like, to go to. It's a like Kid twenty Rock bucks show. or twenty five dollars. It's yeah. something like super like, and it's like all seats, like every seat. It's not yeah. like you know, there's some like primo seat in the first row. It's like nope, that every single seat in the venue is going to be the same price, which is so cool, and it, it's a cool thing to kind of hang your hat on. Yeah. Um. So there you go, Kid Rock number two on the Billboard 200. So next week, Keith, uh, the Billboard 200 albums chart will see the debut of. Kelly Clarkson's new album, Piece by Piece. Do you have a forecast for that one? I do. Um, in terms of overall units, it could do somewhere in the 90 range. Um, in terms of just traditional album sales, probably you know, high 70s, low 80s maybe. Okay. Um, it may not be the number one album on the Billboard 200. It depends on how the Fifty Shades of Grey album does the rest of the week. Um, because that is holding on fairly well. So Kelly is not a lock for number one. Um, she'll probably be like number two, I would imagine. Okay. So Kelly Clarkson um, has been everywhere this week, uh, doing a lot of press, a lot of promo around this album. She, uh, I, I spoke with her last week. Uh, it was a really fun chat. That is on Billboard.com as well. And yeah, man, so I, I'm, I'm curious. I, I mean, Heartbeat Song, the first single from this album, Hasn't really caught out, caught on. Excuse me, uh, on the Hot 100. Um, is is that kind of the reason why it might not be a number one big debut? Well, I mean, Kelly, uh, Heartbeat Song has so far peaked at number 22 yep. on the mainstream top 40 airplay chart, which is known as Pop Songs on Billboard.com. It's only in its seventh week on the chart. Um, I think you have to compare this to how Mr. Know-It-All was doing, which was the first single from her last album, yeah. her last studio album. In its seventh week, it was like, I think, one, two, three, four, six, 16. So, okay, it was doing a little bit better. So, yeah, I think it's fair to say that Heartbeat Song is not doing as well as it probably should be on paper. Um, but as we saw with her last studio album, uh, she followed up Mr. Know-It-All with Stronger, What Doesn't Kill You, which went to number one. Yeah. So anything can happen. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, you know, the, the the sort of lukewarm reception of the song is probably impacting the album's fortunes. But at the same time, she also isn't traditionally a huge, like, first-week type 
um, artist in terms of album sales. She's she the the albums tend to spend a, a rather long time on the charts, and she has a lot of singles that do well. So I wouldn't focus too much on the first week with this new Kelly Clarkson album. Yeah, it's it's a great point, and, and I'm I'm going to be interested to see what she picks as a second single because there's there's a bunch of different things she could a bunch of different directions she could go in uh with this one because you have a song like invincible which is the second song she shared on the album which was uh co-written with sia and it it kind of sounds in that sia it sounds very, like a sia song yeah it sounds very empowering very mid-tempo um you know kelly clarkson striking her chandelier pose mm. it's also have the the slower duet with john legend run 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 and then the second half of the album has more up-tempo tracks as well so it'll be interesting to see where she goes from heartbeat song so keith yeah we gotta we gotta get to carly ray jepsen man yes uh, carly ray jepsen like i said at the top of the show returned this week with the new single i really like you came out on sunday night and she has a new album this summer this is the first single from that album and you know this is three years after call me maybe was the 2012 song of the summer kind of came out of nowhere and spent nine weeks at number one on the hot 100 so Carly Rae stopped by uh, to talk about, you know, following up a huge hit, working with people like Jack Antonoff and Tegan and Sarah, dancing with Justin Bieber and Tom Hanks in her new music video, uh, which we should get in a couple of days. Can't wait to see that. And what her next album, the follow up to Kiss, will sound like. Here's Carly Rae Jepsen on the Pop Shop Podcast. Carly Ray. Hey. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by Billboard. Thank Congratulations you. on I Really Like You. Thank you. 67 reallys in this song. <laughs> did you know that? I did not know that. You did no, not know I'm that? I'm learning facts today. <laughs> Where did this song come from, this new single come from? Um, well, it was a collaboration between uh, Peter Svensson, who I don't know if you know is from the Cardigans. He Absolutely. He was responsible for Love Full, which is my favorite song from the 90s. I was pretty excited to know he worked on that. And then Jay Cash, who is LA-based and very talented writer as well. And the three of us got together and just sort of like locked ourselves in the studio for a few days and out came I Really Like You. Um, the original like little hook for the idea was something Peter, I think, had kept for a while. and. Once we heard it, we're like, okay, we gotta make it still like, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a little older somehow. So we gotta be a little seductive in the in the verses, and we gotta make it '80s, and we were just trying to make it all work together. And it was a fun project, and I'm really happy with how it turned out. Now, what you, you've spoken about the inspiration of this song, which is that moment where you don't love someone yet in <laughs> yeah. a relationship, you're a little past like you, so yeah. it's like you're like. Really, 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 <laughs> really getting there. into them. Yeah. <laughs> what is what is like? Can you describe that feeling? Like, is that you know? Did that come from personal experience? Was that a yeah. special time for you? I mean, it's the butterflies. It's the best part of the relationship. I think I I might have a little addiction to that beginning part where it's just like you don't totally know them, but your idea of them is just perfect. So you're kind <laughs> of infatuated, and you at the same time know that you don't know them all the way. So you can't be love, but you're 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 in more than like. That's incredible. So this song is uh, your first single from your next album. Yeah. What Did it just scream for first single? Like, was there ever a question that this was going to be the first look? I mean, there's always a debate when you kind of have written as many songs as I did, which was up in the 200s. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But um, it did kind of raise its, its head to all of us as that song that you just like, it was kind of undeniable that you... Uh, 
couldn't not kind of sing it after you'd heard it once, and it was just sort of the glaring, obvious radio decision. It, it isn't necessarily totally representative of what the entire album is going to be, but I, I felt like it was the right first move, and we were all kind of uh, uh, finding it was stuck in our heads at night, and then again the next morning, so I was like, okay, we got to go with this one. Absolutely. I, I mean, we uh, at Billboard, we spoke to Scooter about the fact that, and he said that, you know, he wanted something as incredible as Call Me Maybe and you finally came up with it. Like, did you get that kind of feeling as well with the song? Um, I, I, I was never really kind of gunning for a Call Me Maybe like re reboot. It was yeah. more just like, let's make the best music that I can. But I do remember a feeling um, right near the end when we were kind of finished writing the song where I was like, this is, this is gonna be the one that they pick. Yeah. I just knew it. <laughs> hey, I just met you. I want to ask about um, Call Me Maybe and, and Kiss and, and that whole kind of phenomenon that you experienced in 2012. How do you look back on that time of, you know, nine weeks at number one, all of the, the whole internet got behind the song, yeah. all of radio got behind the song. Like, how do you look back on that? It was a roller coaster. It was an amazing sort of ride. Um, I think if you can picture me before any of that happened, it was not too long ago that I was like waitressing and and I'd I think I'd finally been able to quit my waitressing job and I was making a bit of a living musically in Canada. And that was, that was contentment for me. I was so stoked to, I know that's hard enough as it is, just yeah. to be able to say I'm making money off of music and I don't have to waitress. And so when uh, Biebs tweeted the song and it was just this kind of train that took off. And I think the difference between then and now is I feel like the whole time I was just sort of like running to catch up with it. And this time I kind of feel like I'm leading it, which feels a lot more empowering and a lot more exciting. Well, that's great. Yeah, I can only imagine being thrust into that situation where it's like, you know, you have this single, Call Me Maybe, and I, I remember hearing it months, months, months before it, it really blew up. And I was like, oh, this is a great single. And then it, it just kept growing and growing and growing. And you, I, I just saw you more and more places. I, I thought you were like, you must have been exhausted. I, I know, my mom would, would ask me, she's like, how, did, how are you doing this? And I. I look back on it and I, I don't really know. I think we just, you get used to anything, right? And we, we kind of got used to just being in a different city every day. And um, I think I, I think that I landed quite by chance with some of the best people in the world to be touring with. They're right behind me. They're kind of flashing <laughs> now. But uh, it's true and they're still my same team. And it's, it took a while to find them, but once we kind of found each other, it was so clear, like a locked in family. And I think if you have that, it doesn't feel as chaotic because you're kind of in it together and yeah. it's exhausting, but it's like, all right, but later we're gonna go for family dinner and we'll have a whiskey and we'll cry about it because it was a lot today. <laughs> but I think when you have that support team, it just makes it more of an adventure and you can kind of take the bad days a little less seriously and you can celebrate the good days and feel less lonely. So a couple weeks ago on Billboard.com we did a story that was like, it's time to get excited about Carly Rae Jepsen's new music because <laughs> just because of like, obviously we hadn't heard anything yet, yeah. but because of who you were working with, it was just so exciting. You were working, you know, you were Instagramming photos of you and Tegan and Sarah, yeah. Jack Antonoff, Dev Hines, Aria. Like, there, there are so many interesting collaborators on <laughs> this project. Yeah, well, I, I agree. I've been really blessed to to um, um, get these people in the room and get their attention on something that um, uh, that excites me too. And I think 
it is really amazing to get back to kind of the, the best part of this. And for me, the, the present in all of this is being able to reach out to those people who I'm like mega fans of and being like, can we get a room and a write together? I would just love that. And, and when they say yes, you kind of, you create something together that neither one of you can make on your own. And that's the best, most magical feeling. Was there anyone that intimidated you in, in terms oh, of Oh yeah. Just... I remember the first time Tegan and Sarah and I got in a room together, I was fan I think I tried on eight different outfits before they before the oh. session. I just wanted to like look the right amount of like, I didn't care, but like I Because they are the coolest. Oh my God. And I've been a fan of them from when they had like little like boy crop, like blonde haircuts. So I've, I, I mean, being Canadian as well, I followed their career from the beginning. I know all of their stuff. Like this Business of Art, I think was their first debut mm -hmm. album. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but I go way back with Tegan and Sarah. So, um, and I didn't meet them the way that you normally do in like the pop world of having like an A&R guy reach out and be like, hey, so-and-so would like to write with so-and-so, should we set up a day? And I do have an amazing A&R guy who has set up some spectacular <laughs> sessions. John Eamon and I love you. But um, uh, this was one of those things that just happened by like being in New York and meeting friends of friends and, and um, uh, Caleb Shreve actually um, introduced us. And it was just, um, it was, it was one day of, of being really timid writing with them. I'd have an idea and I'd be like, well, I, 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 I don't know if you think that maybe we could, ugh, this might be a stupid idea, but then like I, I'd finally like get my idea and they'd be like, no, Carly, that's a, it's a good idea. You don't have to be so. <laughs> and by day two, I was finally like able to be like, all right, well, I think, and, it's, and, it, and you kind of that's lose so all good. egos and you kind of just that, get in there and write. It's very cool. So in the meantime, yes. uh, the I Really Like You music video is coming out. Yes. And. Did you know that shot, like, how soon after the shoot did you know that shots from the music video shoot kind of had come out online? Because that, that story kind of blew up. Um, I can't, I think it happened within, like, 24 hours. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. pretty quick. I mean, I don't think you can, like, close down a street in New York <laughs> with and, Tom and not and Justin raise Bieber a little and, suspicion you know, yeah. with Tom Hanks and Justin Bieber around. Yeah, so we... We were hoping to kind of keep it on lock so it could be a big reveal and like, ta-da, but you just, you, you can't, you can't tame back the lions. If they were there, yeah, what are you going to do? that's going to be tough to keep quiet. Yeah, exactly. Like a city block. I, I, so it looks like you guys are dancing a lot in this video. <laughs> if you can call it that. There are people dancing. I think so me and Tom Hanks aren't dancing. dancing. We're awkwardly like hopefully moving in time. <laughs> but we had, we had fun with it. I mean, he's, he's just... I can't say enough good things about him. And my favorite like moment with him in the day was when he's like, so we're not gonna really dance, right? We're just gonna like pretend. I'm like, great, I'm with you, buddy. <laughs> like, that's exactly what we'll do. So for more with Carly Rae Jepsen, check out Billboard.com. Probably early next week, we will have more from that interview with her on video and can't wait to share that she was great to talk to thanks again to carly ray for stopping by keith let's yes. do it man we got to wrap this up it is time for your chart set of the week well because it is uh oh i didn't even do it boop -a -doop 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 -doop. hey <laughs> sorry i just i was like this doesn't sound right i know why um <laughs> because it's girl group week on billboard.com yeah. i figured we should do a girl group themed chart stat of the week. Um, so this week in 1997, Spice Girls were in the midst of a four week run at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart with their debut single, Wannabe. The song hit number one on the chart dated February 22nd and then spent four weeks straight at the top of the list. 
It was, of course, the first single from their debut album, Spice, which also hit number one on the Billboard 200 chart and would spawn two more top 10 singles, Say You'll Be There and To Become One. The group would follow up Spice with another successful album, Spice World, before one of its members, Jerry Hollowell, aka Ginger Spice, would depart the group. The remaining four soldiered on, though, releasing their final studio set to date forever in 2000. Of course, though the group had a relatively short career together actively recording uh, new material, all of the women in the group have gone on to successful solo careers and all have released their own singles and albums to varying degrees of success. The five uh, women reunited, actually, for a successful tour in 2007 and 2008. I saw that tour. Did you see that tour, Jason? Return of the Spice Girls? It was so good. (laughs) It was so much fun. Like It was so much fun. Fun. No, I had I had friends who went uh, to that show and they Paula said it was Abdul incredible. was like three rows in front of me. It was so much fun. <laughs> we I was at the show where uh, I think uh, Beckham was there, like in one of the boxes, and I think Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes were in a box too. Oh, somewhere. That's so cool, man. Um, anyway, they would later team up again for a one-off performance uh, at the closing ceremony, of course, at the uh, London Olympics in 2012, and their most recent. Reunion came in December of 2012 for the premiere of the stage musical Viva Forever, a uh, show based around the music of the Spice Girls. So there you go. There's your chart stat of the week. Uh, This week in 1997, the Spice Girls were number one on the Billboard Hot 100 with Wannabe. 18 years ago. Thank you, Keith, for this chart stat of the week. Now I have another random girl group tidbit, and it's, it's sort of an anniversary that only... I would care about. But two years ago this week, I was in London to see Girls Aloud. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was so good. <laughs> like, you know, when, when I say like Spice Girls, I'm like, well, I mean, I, I specifically flew to London just to see Girls Aloud because I knew that they would probably never tour again and I had never seen them before. And this was like a reunion show. And it was so great. It was at the O2. I, I have pictures on my Instagram where I'm like, you know, right next to them. It was so great. It's fine. So I, I mean, for those for people listening and and being like, why the heck is Keith still you know blathering? So, no, why is Keith so obsessed with uh, this girl group that I've never heard of? Girls Aloud was is is a huge group in the UK. It's basically like if and correct me if I'm wrong. It's basically like if the Spice Girls were huge everywhere except America. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, little they apples had, they, to oranges they, a little had, bit, they, but like they had they had like I think twenty top ten singles. In the UK, yeah, um, just it's just deal. one of those weird things where it's like they were enormous, but only in England. Um, and you know, they put out like I forget how many albums, but I mean, it's it's hard to compare. It's like just think of like your favorite group, and they're only popular in your country and nowhere else. And you have to like constantly explain to people, okay, so there's five of them, <laughs> and one of them was on the American X Factor for like an episode and a half before they let her go unceremoniously. Cheryl Cole. Oh yeah, uh, remember that? Yeah, and then she was replaced by Nicole Scherzinger. Scherzinger, yeah. Oh, man. All right, man. We have we have to wrap this up. Um, Sorry, but you know what? Thank you for uh, for getting so into Girl Group Week. On Billboard.com. Uh, I, I was hoping this entire show would be about girl groups, but Jason was like, nah, man, we got so much stuff on Billboard.com. I'm like, you suck, man. I know. I'm sorry, man. Maybe we'll do like a like a uh, an extra podcast for Boy Band Week, whenever that is. Yeah, I have uh, less interest in that, unfortunately. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll go out on Girls Aloud's Biology. Uh, t- thanks again to Carly Rae Jepsen. 
Uh, thanks for listening and take care.